the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls. Over the last few years, I have built a business that allowed me to quit my nine to five, spend more time with the ones that I love, and live my best life. Now, I'm sharing everything I learned along the way with you. Each week, my guests and I will share actionable tips, tangible advice, and honest conversations to help you build your dream business. So get ready to take notes and put in the work because this girl means business. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to another week of the Girl Means Business podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. I really, really appreciate it. I love watching the numbers rise each week as you are listening to these episodes and giving me your feedback. If you have not left me a review over on iTunes, please go do so right now. Just hit pause for a second and go over to iTunes and leave me a quick little review and let me know what you're loving about the show, what you want to see more of, and maybe what you want to see a little bit less of too. I don't mind that as well. All feedback is great feedback. So thank you so much for those of you that have already left reviews. It means the world to me. All right, guys, we have a really great interview today. Today, I'm chatting with Chelsea B. Foster. She is the owner of Burnout Proof Your Biz podcast and is a business coach. She helps business owners really get organized, get their business set in place so that they don't have to feel burnout in their business. So go check out her podcast as well. I will link it in the show notes today. It's a really, really great listen. And if you like this podcast, you're really going to love hers because we are very similar. As we found out in our interview and our pre-interview, we have a lot in common. We're very similar personalities. We have very similar interview styles. So I think you're really going to love listening to us chat today. And she's got some great tips for how to make sure you don't get burned out in your business. And I'm going to be on her show in a couple of weeks as well. So make sure you pay attention and subscribe to her podcast so you can check out when I'm on her show in a couple of weeks. But before we jump into my interview with Chelsea, I want to remind you that if you are getting really frustrated with your business, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling burned out or frustrated, I have an amazing resource for you over on the Girl Means Business website, and that is the Business Box. I've had a lot of great feedback from my launch of this subscription service, and I can't wait to share some of the awesome, awesome reviews with y'all. But I first want to tell you a little bit about what the Business Box is, because I've had a lot of people asking me questions about it. So let me give you a quick little rundown of how the business box works and who it's for. So the business box is a monthly subscription service that gives you mentoring and digital tools to help you build your business. So each month in your account, you get a new box that each box has a business theme. So for example, box one is all about social media. It's how to use social media to grow your business, which platform is right for you based on your business brand, your model, your ideal client, the product or service that you're offering, and how to utilize each platform to get the most out of it for your clients. There's done for you social media content, there's PDF files and workbooks and tons of things that you can use in your business right now. And for those of you that are already using social media to grow your business, you're still going to find some really helpful tips and tricks and just really great reminders of how to utilize and get the most out of your social media marketing. Box two is all about your ideal client. You're going to talk about all about how to find out who your ideal client is. There's an entire workbook to go through that walks you through step-by-step how to narrow down your ideal client profile, tons of information on how to market to your ideal client once you know who he or she is. And each month after that continues to build on the foundations of having a really strong, successful business. In addition to the monthly boxes, you also have access to the private Facebook group where you get one-on-one information from me. You can ask questions to the entire group. You can get feedback. There's live Q&A sessions. I add in tons of extra bonus content, social media content, things that you can use in your business right away. So anyone who is feeling like you are stuck in your business, you are ready to grow your business to the next level, you don't really know what to do next for your marketing, this is the subscription service for you. If you are feeling like you want somebody to walk side by side with you through your business and help you along the way, this is the service for you. If you've recently started a business and you aren't really sure how to find your next client, this is the business box for you. 
This is really a subscription service for anybody that's trying to grow a business and just wants to have the steps laid out for you like a roadmap of how to get to the next level. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, then I am offering you your first box, your first month completely free. All you have to do is head over to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash business box. I will link it in the show notes and you can have your entire first box completely free. That means you get box one, which is all about social media, along with the welcome box and access to the Facebook group for 30 days, completely free. Try it before you buy it. Again, head over to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash business box for all the information and to sign up now. All right, guys, I cannot wait for you to hear my interview with Chelsea B. Foster. So let's go ahead and dive into all of the greatness now about how to burnout proof your business. Hi, Chelsea. Welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited you're here. I cannot wait to talk to you about our topic today. But before we jump into that, I want to hear a little bit about who you are what you do, and kind of your story as to how you built a business. Yeah. So I'm Chelsea B. Foster, and I am a business coach, and I focus mostly on the productivity side of the business coaching. So I help with, or I work with any kind of creative, no matter where you are. Um, and we really work together to build the business and the life of your dreams. And I want to make a really important emphasis here. Those two can't be separated. (laughs) They are the same thing, especially when you are first starting out. Whenever you are an entrepreneur, your business and your life, they are intertwined. And so we have to talk about both of them. And really creating your dream life means creating your dream business that supports that lifestyle. So exactly. Yeah. So I actually started my whole adult career of like working and doing all the adult things as an educator. I taught ninth grade physics in Missouri can I just pause right there and say, bless you? Because I don't know how, like middle or that's not really middle school, I guess it's high school, but any kind of like that age group and then physics, I don't know how you survived. I just want to say like all the praise hands to you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It actually was a ton of fun. And I taught a lot of the same strategies that I use in my business now. Um, very hands-on the way most people learn is by doing and experiencing. And so instead of like throwing a book at them and making them learn a whole bunch of formulas, we actually played with toys. Literally, I had bouncy balls and like little wind up toys and all kinds of things in my classroom. It was so much fun. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually started working, doing that. I did that for two years. And then my husband started a tech company. He's actually the co-founder and CEO of Zapier. You guys have heard of it. Um, yeah, that's and, amazing. Yeah, yeah, so fun. Um, but after he started that, he got into a startup accelerator out here in California, and we had to move. <laughs> <laughs> and California, being the lovely state that it is, does not play nice with certifications for any other state. So I wasn't able to teach that first year. So I took some time off, really explored. Okay, who is Chelsea without this title of teacher? Because. I did not know who I was at all. I was a workaholic. I worked 24-7. That's actually why Wade started the company was because he needed something to do in the evenings when I was working at school. Um, And so through that experience, I actually realized that I had burned out already in teaching in just two years. Um, Didn't know it until I stopped. And then I realized, holy crap, I literally don't know who I am. I don't know what I like to do. I don't even really know what kind of foods I like, what I want to do in my free time, what TV shows I like. It was very scary. I had sort of like a midlife crisis when I was 20. What was I? 27? I think I don't even know how old I was when we moved. I was still pretty young, like very young to have a midlife crisis. But through that experience, I started exploring some hobbies, got really interested in several different things. I actually started three businesses and none of them were actually... They were really like hobbies with a website, (laughs) but (laughs) um, there were three different things that I was trying and I did not have the tools yet to make those successful, which is totally fine. Um, After a year of trying all of that, my husband was like, hmm, so our savings account (laughs) is real low. I think you have to get a job. And so I took a job 
in a career that I did not really want or find exciting. Um, I stayed there for three years and again, started to feel some burnout. Um, near the end of that, I, it was very obvious that, that was no longer a good fit for me or my life. And so I started exploring other ideas and options for myself. I always knew I wanted to be a stay at home. Well, I didn't always know this. I knew this after I got our dog and then I had to go to work and I was like, oh, I miss my dog. And I was like, what am I going to do when we have kids? <laughs> and I was like, maybe I should be like a part-time stay at home mom. And so I started to look at options for doing that. This was about the time that MLMs were super huge. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do an online something. Obviously, I was not going to do an MLM because I am not great at cold sales at all. Like that is not my forte, but I am really good at designing. I'm really good at talking to people. Um, and so I thought, Hey, let's do wedding invitations. Like everyone gets married, not everyone, but a lot of people get married. And so I did that for a couple of years. I got to tell you, designing custom wedding invitations is not super profitable by itself. Like it really isn't. And so, um, I eventually found myself really resenting some of the projects that I was working on. Again, found myself feeling a little bit of burnout. <laughs> um, and then I signed up for a mastermind that I just found completely transformational. It was in the wedding industry and it was set to help you really build your wedding business. I found though through that, that I, instead of getting super excited about my client work, I was getting super excited about the conversations that I was having with my mastermind sisters and helping them create the systems in their business that allowed them to have the freedom that they wanted. And I had a light bulb moment one day that I was like, holy crap, I could do this. Like this could be my job. And so I completely shifted gears <laughs> and finally got back to teaching and have never looked back. Now I work with creatives, not just in the wedding industry, um, but all across the creative industries, helping them really figure out what those systems are that are going to support the lifestyle that they want. That's awesome. There's so much in there that I could jump on, but there's one thing that you talked about that I feel like is the same thing I experienced within the past couple of years of quitting teaching as well. And that was kind of that identity crisis of like, who am I? And I was funny. I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday and I said, you know, you, everything is so tied up in when you're younger and like what you do. And so when you meet somebody new and they say like, Oh, what are you doing? You're like, Oh, I'm a teacher. And that becomes your identity. And when that goes away, you're kind of like, Oh, well, then what am I if I'm not a teacher? <laughs> and then for me, it was transitioning to from like teacher to mom. And I was like, I love my kids and I love being a mom, but I don't want to be identified as so-and-so's mom. Like yep. I want to be my own person. And that was a really big struggle my first year that I was working from home was just the matter of like, okay, well, what, yeah, what do I like to do? Like, what are all along I've been like, do you remember that movie? I think I actually mentioned this in a, in a different episode too, but you remember that movie, um, Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts Yes. and how she like always liked the same eggs as somebody else. And then she had to figure out her own. That's how I felt in my first year of like full-time business. I was like, okay, well, what kind of eggs do I like? Like, yep. what do I like to do for fun? And what books do I like to read? And what, sh you know, like, even for me, little things like, I will say cuss words from time to time. And they kind of flow a little more naturally now because I'm not having to filter myself anymore. I spent yep. 14 years in the classroom filtering my, you know, my thoughts and ideas and my voice. And now having that ability to just kind of be me and rediscover me at, I was 35 at the time. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. You know, it's, it's amazing how much you don't realize that we associate a career with our identity. Mm -hmm. And the lady I was talking to about yesterday, she said she travels a ton and she was like, you know, no other culture does that. Like it's only here in America. Like if you go over overseas and you meet somebody, they don't ask you like what you do for a living. They want to know who you are as a person. And she's like, it's only here in America that we focus so much on the career aspect of it. And that that's so much of our identity. It's just, it's crazy. And it can be very overwhelming when that identity that you've tied yourself to goes away for whatever reason. Absolutely. And especially for teachers or any, really anyone that's in a service-based business, that I feel like when you say you're a teacher, at least this was my experience. When I said that I was a teacher, people got really inspired by that. And they were like, oh my goodness, 
that's amazing. Thank you so much for doing that. And then when it was gone, I was like, okay, well, where am I going to get praise? <laughs> yeah. Which I, I don't know if you did this, but I found myself saying, oh, well, I used to be a teacher and now I work from home. Yep. Because I felt like at least that gave me some kind of like validity, I guess, or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I've just recently found myself like stopping that conversation when someone's like, oh, what do you do? Now I actually lead with, well, I'm a photographer and an educator. And instead of saying, well, I used to be a teacher and now I do this. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you when you started talking about that, I was like, oh, that I resonate with that so so much because it's it is it's crazy how much we associate ourselves with that. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a lot in your story about the burnout, and that's kind of what you know that's what we're talking about today is just burnout and how to avoid it, and some things you can do if you find yourself in that position. So my first question for you really is like, what exactly is burnout, and how? Like, what do you think causes people to feel burnout? Because if someone's listening to this right now and they're like, well, I'm in this full-time job or I've started this business, but I'm not really sure like if it's for me, like what are some things you started noticing that were like, okay, I'm, I'm getting to the point of burnout. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Yep. Yep. So burnout is really anytime that you're feeling overly stressed and overwhelmed and you feel like everything is out of control. And that really is the biggest feeling around burnout. You just, you, you can't like, that is the feeling I can't. And when you get there, it's really scary because you realize, okay, I could do this a month ago. Why am I, why am I not able to do this now? Or why does all of this feel so heavy and so difficult now? And really the only thing that's changed is your mindset or you've been overcommitting. And so you're exhausted. (laughs) Those are really the two things that really contribute to that. And so early signs are that you are feeling really stressed and overwhelmed, that you're feeling really tired, that you're feeling disconnected from the things that you are doing. You're feeling disconnected from the people in your life. That one's a really big one, actually. Feeling really disconnected from everyone around you. Um, And so if you start feeling those things, it's time to take a step back and really evaluate, okay, what's going on? Where where am I losing my focus? Where am I getting off the path that I wanted for myself? And where am I saying yes to things that I really should be saying no to? And do you think burnout is something, because I think there's a connotation that comes with burnout. When you say you reach the point of burnout, you were like, that's almost like you're saying that's the end of the line. You need to jump onto a different track. But I know for me, you know, I've had moments of burnout throughout my business where, in fact, just recently, like, I'm like, okay, I'm looking at my to-do list going, I just want to walk away and do none of this today. And, you know, that point of exactly what you were saying, like, you're just exhausted. And I I don't want people to think that when you say you feel burnout, that that means that you need to like stop and move to something completely different. That it's just, it's kind of like that roller coaster ride, that high and that low burnout can just be a low. And so not only is there ways to avoid it, but then there's ways we can kind of come out of it, which we may get into a little bit later too. So exactly, exactly. So it's not so much that you have to stop and change directions completely. It's we're going to make micro shifts so that you get back on the path that you were on already, but you've kind of got lost your way just a little bit. Yeah. So what are some ways that we can avoid burnout in the first place? Because I feel like that's the, the starting point is 
to try and keep ourselves on a path that, uh, where we don't even get to that burnout point. So what are some things they can do? Exactly. So there are three main things that I suggest for any business owner and really any person, you need these same things in your life too. The first thing is know what's important to you. So know why you started your business, why you're doing this, what are the things that are non-negotiables in your life. And I do mean in your life in general, because those affect your business too. So what are the things that you're going to always say yes to? What are the things that are always going to be like a, a yes if I can, but more than likely, it's probably going to be a no. Right. What yeah. are the things that you value as a person? Get really, really clear on all of that first. So you know what your goal is, where, like what your purpose is in this life. Because without that, you are directionless. You need a direction for life. And knowing that will help you. And that's the first step. Awesome. So yeah, no, I love what you said about knowing your why. And I think that a lot of times as people get further into their business, it's really easy to forget the why behind why you're doing this and the passion you originally had. So having that somehow is a way to remind yourself, whether it's a sticky note you put on a bulletin board or on your mirror or something you do to help you stay on that path. I think that's really, really important. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it honestly goes even deeper than your why, because these are the things that you value as a person. So when you get all these marketing emails from everyone else saying, this is how you should be running your business. Here's my five steps to do this. Here's my blueprint for that. You know, which of those things you need to be listening to and which of those things you really shouldn't listen to because they're not right for you. And I think that's really important to understand your business is your business. No one else gets to tell you how to run it. No one else knows how to run it. You're the one in charge. You get to make all the decisions, which is an awesome power, a little overwhelming sometimes. But at the end of the day, you get to decide who you want to listen to and who you don't want to listen to. And knowing what your priorities are and what your values are and where you want to be taking your business will help you filter out some of that so you don't feel imposter syndrome. So you don't feel that comparison. So you don't feel overwhelmed because I should be doing things this way. Because honestly, there is no should. I wish all of us would remove or like totally delete that from our language. No, I I love that. It's so true. And you mentioned the the email thing and I fell into this trap and I, I've told some people this before and I started doing this myself and it's helped me a ton because I do, I sign up for all of these people's email list and I get these, you know, constantly every morning you have a influx of these emails and they all sound so enticing and they all sound so intriguing or even like the ads you see on Facebook when you're scrolling like, Oh, maybe I need to do this in my business. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy for that to deter you from what your focus is. So what I started doing is in my email account, I made folders and one of my folders is for emails. that I'm like, okay, this applies to my business right now. And I move them into that folder so that when I am working on like marketing or copywriting or whatever, I can go look at that information. And then I have another folder that's like, not right now is what I call it. And it's stuff I still think is really great advice and tips. It's just not relevant to my business at this moment. But I know that at some point down the line, I might need that content. So if you're filing your email inboxes, this influx and every morning you're looking at it going, okay, well, I've got five different directions. I feel like I need to be pulled in. Just set four of those aside and just focus on the one. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, if you guys don't already have your email set up so that some of those marketing emails get filtered out immediately, I highly suggest it. I have a whole training on how to organize your inbox so that it's not overwhelming, but, and I can share the link with you so you can put it in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that I recommend is go ahead and turn on the categories in Gmail. And those are those tabs that go across the top. So priority, um, what are they? Social oh, media, promotions. So- promotions, all like those things. Um, and then what I do is I drag all of my marketing stuff into the promotions folder, all of it. Um, and I go ahead and filter everything and they automatically get tagged to go into their own folder based on the email list. And then what I do is, um, usually I don't read most of them. So I just auto archive them and I don't delete anything yet because I want to archive it and see how many I've read versus how many I haven't read. And if I go back and usually like twice a year, I'll go through my list and it'll tell you how many emails you haven't read in that folder. And if it's a lot, then I'm like, Oh, I should probably unsubscribe from that because that information clearly isn't relevant to me right now. And I need to clear that out of my inbox. 
Gosh, I have like unsubscribed days. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, I've had enough. And I do this just recently in my personal email account. Cause it's kind of the email address I just give when you like go yeah. into a store and they're like, do you want to sign up? And I'm like, sure. I'll and get the points. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm not sure the, the gap is the one that I, it drives me nuts because I think I, I get like three emails a day. Yes. And I've unsubscribed from all three and I still get email. I'm like, I don't know how many lists I'm on for them, but somewhere I'm on like a major database for the gap. But yeah, so I just, I love those days when I'm just like unsubscribed and it just feels kind of good to remove that because then I know moving forward, I'm not going to have that distraction. I'm not going to have that clutter and uh, just, it just feels really nice. So I love that idea. And I'm definitely going to share that link because I want to get in on that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like using the tabs. Yeah. And I like using the tabs because then the important information, so emails from clients, emails from colleagues, emails from new leads, I get to see those and they don't get lost in all the clutter of all those email lists that I sign up for. <laughs> because yeah. I Well, because I get distracted. Like I will be going through my emails and I'll see like the first five are all you know, subs- uh, subscriptions that I'm on. And I don't get to that client email until five or six emails down and 45 minutes later. So yeah, I, yeah that's an amazing, I love that tip. That's awesome. Yeah. Right, so what is tip number two for avoiding burnout? Yeah. So tip number two is create awesome routines that support you and help you with whatever that dream lifestyle looks like. So this is like the actual, what does my schedule look like? So if you are a night owl, go ahead and shift your work hours so that it supports you and you're working during times that you are energetically available. I am a night owl. And so I do not want to get up and work right at 8 a.m. That is bad for me. I do not do well if I do that. And I, I, <laughs> I've done it and I know from experience, it's really, really bad. So I don't start work until 10 o'clock. So I've shifted everything, created different routines in the morning that allow me to do all of the personal stuff that I want to do. So doing all the dishes, doing some laundry, doing my morning meditation, doing, going through all of that, actually cooking breakfast. Like that's a thing. <laughs> I know. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I know. I know. The first time <laughs> in my life I've ever done that was after I started my business. Um, and so creating those routines have helped me be able to be successful. And then also evening routines. So routines around your work. So how are you going to get started into work? What does that routine look like so that you can shift mentally from being in your life to being in your work? And then same thing at the end of the day, when do you want to quit work? How does that look? Are you going to set a timer so that 30 minutes beforehand, you know, Hey, okay, I got to quit working in 30 minutes. Let's start wrapping everything up and prep for tomorrow. Um, having those routines is really going to help you be able to focus and be present in whatever activity you are doing right now. So let me ask a follow-up question on that because you mentioned like that you were a night owl. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I'm the same way. I think I get my surge of energy. Like I, my mornings I get up, I, of course I've got my two kids. So ours is mornings, making lunches, making breakfast, getting out the door for school. Um, I go to the gym a couple days a week or I'll take my youngest one and we'll go do something fun in the morning. So I don't really start working until probably midday. Mm-hmm. And then I could work until 10 or 11 o'clock at night if I, if I wanted to. Yep. But when you mix in a husband and a family and things like that. So having, if you're, if your routine, if your natural routine, like the night out thing or whatever, doesn't fit the schedule with your family's schedule, how do you recommend or suggest like altering that or making it all work? Yeah, that actually is part of number three, actually. Okay. So <laughs> number three is create really clear and effective boundaries for yourself. Um, and so that takes into account all of those dynamics for the people that live with you <laughs> or the people that are around you too. Yeah. So boundaries include communicating what those expectations are with those that are inside your household um, and coming to an agreement on what that looks like for you guys. So my husband and I both work from home and sometimes it's very difficult for us (laughs) to work in the same space. When we were first, or when I first started my business, we had to be really clear about when he was coming home from work, when he wasn't. Um, and I remember one particular conversation, we used to fight about our schedules all the time. Like those are the things that we bicker about is why are you still working? (laughs) Um, And I remember one time we were talking about dinner because making dinner while I enjoy it, I don't want to stop work to do it. And so one of the boundaries that we put in place was that I was responsible for dinner a certain number of nights a week. And he was responsible for dinner a certain other number of nights a week. 
And that corresponded to the nights that I get to work late. He's responsible for dinner. And the other nights I quit earlier so we can be together. Um, and so there is a little bit of give and take there when you do live with other people and figuring out what's going to work for both of you because he's an early person. He starts work at like 7 a.m. if he could. And um, he usually quits by 5 in the afternoon or in the evening. So whereas I like to work till 7 or 8, yes. <laughs> possibly later if I can. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way. And I, you know, I have a friend who we've had this conversation and she, same thing. She's got a husband and she's got kids. And she started just saying like one night a week is her night. And it's either she locks herself in the office or she goes somewhere else. But he, as soon as he gets home from work, she packs her stuff and she's out the door. And just having that, like those boundaries of like, this is my night to get things done. I also think that when you when you work from home, it's really easy to look at the day ahead of you and think, oh, I've got all the time in the world, especially if you, you know, don't have a set schedule for as far as like kids or another job or anything like that. You can get up at eight o'clock and be like, oh my gosh, I have all this time. And then next thing you know, it's eight o'clock at night and you're like, oh crap, I've, it's all gone. Like, how did I lose that time? And so when you are setting a schedule and a boundaries mm-hmm. and you know, okay, like for me, I know that my peak work hours are between noon and three o'clock. That's when I, my youngest one is down for rest time or nap time. My oldest one doesn't go to school till three. It's kind of quiet in the house. I know that in that time, I only have those three hours. And so I'm much more productive in those three hours because I've been able to say, these are the things I have to get done in this amount of time. And if I get more done, that's great. But I have to get these things done. And then if I have time later in the evening, I can do some more stuff as well. But I definitely think that I love the boundaries thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important, especially that was something I struggled with again, like when I left the teaching world and went full time because I didn't have, I was like, oh my gosh, I have all this freedom to do what I want, which is what I've been dreaming of. And then I was like, oh, wait, I... I have to have some kind of routine or I'm going to get nothing done. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So with the routines, that includes when are you going to eat lunch? When are you going to actually take time to work out? When are you going to do all the self-care things? Um, This is where you add in all of your life stuff. So if you want to have Friday afternoons off to go hang out with your friends, awesome. Put it on the calendar. If you want to work on the weekends, great. If you don't want to work on the weekends, great. Whatever that looks like for you, put that in there. And then with the boundaries, you're going to communicate those routines and those schedules with everyone around you so that it's not just you, you have a support system that's going to help you be accountable to holding those boundaries and those routines. Um, And then also, I want you to think about the boundaries with your clients. So when are you available for them? When are you not available for them? I know in the wedding industry, it's really popular, especially for planners to be available 24-7 for their brides. I don't think that's necessary and I don't think that's healthy. But creating boundaries and then communicating those with your clients is really important. Even when it comes down to who's your ideal client and are you going to take on this client or not, setting those boundaries on what you're available for and what you're not available for in terms of client work. And I think that is even harder than setting boundaries with your family. Oh yeah, it really is. (laughs) It's so hard because you know it's easy for me to go to my husband and say, okay, I need these times to get stuff done. He's very understanding you know, he's really good about understanding that like I, especially when he, it's been so great recently, he's worked from home a couple days. And so he has seen just how difficult it is for me to get things done when my little one's around. And so now he gets even more, he's like, yeah, sure. Go, go work in the office. And he's really good about that. But I struggle with the boundaries of my clients. Mm-hmm. And I, especially like with emails, because I had to take them off my phone Yes, I don't get notifications. And because I was getting notifications at like nine o'clock at night where someone had emailed me and I felt like I needed to respond right away because of that mindset of like, oh my gosh, if I don't respond right away, they're going to think that I am not there for them and they're going to choose somebody else to book with. Um, you know, a lot of times with my brides, it might be like a Saturday afternoon and they're, that's their time to plan. So they're sending me all these questions and I'm, I'm at my kid's basketball game trying to answer their email. Mm-hmm. And I finally had to be like, you know what? No, like this is, if I, I try to equate it to a nine to five job that I remember we had a training when I was teaching about this. And they said, you know what? When you leave here at four o'clock or 4.30 or whatever time you leave, 
you are not responsible for replying to parent emails until 7.45 the next morning when you are required to be here again. And same things on the weekends. And at one point, we even were given the option of sending... You know, you get those emails that are like out of office. Mm -hmm. They even suggested like having an auto reply set for like these times so that they do get a response from you. They don't think you're ignoring them. But it says like, you know, hey, I'm currently out of the classroom. You know, I'll be back tomorrow morning at 745 and I can respond to your email then, or I'm spending the weekend with my family. I'll be back to you Monday morning, just letting them know like those are the boundaries. And I think I was like, I need to start applying that to my business hours as well. Yep. Yep. That's actually one of my favorite things to set up with clients is an out of office that is always on (laughs) and (laughs) it just outlines the details of what those boundaries are and when they can expect a reply. Um, with, my wedding industry clients, what we usually do is we'll set up for the weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, that'll be an out of office. And so they'll go turn it on every Friday morning or Thursday night before they leave just saying, Hey, I'm out of the office for a wedding. So if you're inquiring about your wedding, just know I love you. And I want to give you those same attention and detail that I am my bride this weekend. And I will respond to you on Monday when I get back in the office. Yeah. That's a really great idea. I love that idea. And I think that you know, no matter what industry you're in, we all need that time with our families. Like we took Labor Day weekend and we went and stayed at our friend's lake house for four days with my kids, just my husband, my kids and I, and my husband, and I kind of set a rule because he's the same way. Like, even though he doesn't work from home and it's not, he doesn't own his own business. He is on 24 mm-hmm. seven. He works with offices around the world. So they're on different time zones than him. And so it might be you know, midnight and he's answering emails to somebody over in like Singapore. And so we've had to set very boundaries with even with his job too. And so when we went on that vacation, I was like, you know what, let's don't bring our laptops. We're not going to bring iPads. We're going to leave our phone in the house when we go down to the lake. Like we're not going to be on call. And for that weekend, I did like, I put on all my social media. I was like, Hey, out of office for the next few days, spending time with family um, I didn't do it with an email, but I'm thinking back, I'm like, I should have done that with my email because I would still come back in the house in the evenings and like check the phone and be like, Oh, I should respond to this, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so I, I really, really love the out of office email idea and just being able to say like, no, I'm doing this job so that I can have this time with my family and friends. I'm not going to let it take that away from me. Exactly. And in reality, we started our jobs because we wanted more time to do life. Yes. That's what we wanted. We wanted that freedom. And so we really need to set boundaries in place that allow us to live that freedom right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that that's one of the reasons people get burned out. And I see a lot of it with the photography industry is you see these women who start these businesses because they want to be home with their kids, but they want to have a little bit of income. And then it becomes, well, the phrase I hear is, it's not, it's not fun anymore. It's become too much of a job. And when I hear that, the translation I hear is it's taking more time away from my family than I expected. Mm -hmm. And which means they're not setting those boundaries. They're not putting in place the, the things that need to be there, the structure that needs to be there to keep them from burning out. And when they burn out again, like we said earlier, they think, Oh, this must be done. I need to move on to something else. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm literally over here just nodding my head. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm sure you have a ton of clients that that come to you with those exact same phrases. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Anytime that I hear that, I'm like, okay, it's not because your job isn't fun anymore. It's because you've lost sight of what you actually wanted to do with it. And you're getting stuck in all the shoulds. Like I should be posting on social media five times a week. I should be writing a blog post every week. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. No, like strip it all down. Get back to what actually is important to you. So for me, posting on social media is not something I care about all the time. I don't want to be on social media every day. And so I let that go. Um, earlier this year, I had to step away from my business for a whole month, unexpectedly, not planned, literally last minute. I was like, Oh yeah, life happened. We got to go do this. And it was so freeing to know that all of the things that were really important to me still got done, but everything else could just go away. My business was still here. It still ran while I was gone. It was still here when I got back, nothing happened. It's okay to take that step back. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? 
Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passions, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Yeah, I think for some people, it can feel like that hamster wheel of like, if I stop running, the whole thing stops moving forward. Yep. And to me, that also tells me like, you need to have things in place that will help your business keep going, even if you need to take a break and rest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, we've kind of deemed in our house, like Sunday is like family day. And I've had clients that will inquire with me. In fact, I had one recently and he, the guy called me like three times on Sunday and I finally just sent him a text. And I was like, Hey, Sunday's my family day. I'll get back to you first thing tomorrow morning. And sadly, they ended up booking with somebody else. But I'm like, you know what? That's not the client I want anyway. I don't want the client that's going to not respect the fact that I have these things in place. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something that you guys need to remember is that your ideal client values very similar things that you do. And so if it's something that's really important to you, it's probably going to be really important. Or if it's not important to them, they'll really respect it at the very least. Yeah. Um, so communicate those things and be okay saying, this is what I want and this is what I need for myself and my family and be okay with that. Yeah. And I think too, and I, I, think, I meant to say this earlier and I got sidetracked with something else I said, because it just happens. But, um, you know, I try to think of it as like an actual storefront business. So like, for example, um, I'm trying to think of a store. After, well, we'll just go back to Gap because that's what we talked about earlier. So if I wanted to go and talk to somebody at Gap about a product I purchased or a question I had, and I call up their phone number and they don't answer because it's after hours, am I going to get mad at them for that and shop with somebody else? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I realize that offices have to have open hours and closed hours, you know, and as frustrating as it is, like I, it's not like, my business is going to go somewhere else. And I think when you own your own business, you lose sight of the fact that it's a business because it becomes personal. And most of us are people pleasers, Yes. So, which is not the best combination for running a business, but you, we lose sight of the fact that like, it's okay to say, Hey, at five o'clock every day, I don't answer emails. I don't answer phone calls. I don't. And if you want to do that for your clients, then that's your choice. But just know that you are going to expect them to be able to feel like they can do that at any time. Yep. Yep. And it comes back to really feeling inspired. So whatever those boundaries are that you're setting in place, if you feel inspired by that, and that gives you more energy, awesome. So sometimes I always talk about when I go on vacation, a lot of times I bring work with me and that's okay to me. My husband, on the other hand, does not bring work because he wants to step completely away. But I save work for those inspired things. And if I feel like working, I'll do some work. If I don't, then I won't. And it's okay. And that's just, that's how I set it up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what would you suggest then if somebody listening to this right now is like, okay, 
you're speaking my language. I'm, I'm feeling burned out. Like what is kind of like your number one tip for getting out of the burnout and moving forward? Yep. So take a step back and really figure out what those basics are. What are your values? What are the things that are really important to you in your life? What are the things that you feel like you're not getting to say yes to right now that you really want to be saying yes to and what's getting in the way of that? And then really think about how can I let go of those things that are getting in the way? How can I give myself permission to say no to those and give myself permission to say yes to all the things that I actually want to be doing? And I think you'll find pretty quickly your mood will improve and your fulfillment will improve a lot just by doing that one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what I think Rachel Hollis said at one time in her podcast about how she kind of hit that burnout phase and she started looking at her calendar from the past year and kind of doing an audit of all the things that she had scheduled in the past year. And moving forward, she said, you know, from now on, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Because she only wants to have the things on her calendar that are going to inspire her and get her excited. And the things that don't spark that she's like, all right, I'm done. I'm not, I'm, it's the whole Marie Kondoing of things, you know, (laughs) like if it doesn't spark joy, you don't keep it and you don't put on your calendar. And, you know, especially when people are starting in business, they feel the need to take on everything that comes their way because they're afraid to say no to something, but really saying no to something is allowing you to say yes to something else that you really want to do later on. Exactly. Exactly. But you have to know what's important to you, what you want to be saying yes to so that you don't default to yes for everything. Yeah. It's that self-evaluation kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. And actually my, I just started a book club with my podcast, Burnout Proof Your Biz podcast. And the book we're reading for September is Essentialism, which is all about letting go of everything that isn't that clear hell yes, (laughs) that isn't essential to you, you're going to let go of because it's not important to you. It's not going to help you get to where you want to go. It's not for you right now. It could be for someone else, but it's not for you. (laughs) And that's okay. It's right for you to say yes to the things you want to say yes to. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree. I love it. I think it's, uh, it's, I think that's even just in life in general, that's good advice, not even just for business, but for life in general, Yep. being able to know what you want to say yes to and what needs to be no's, uh, it changes everything. And that was one of the things when I left my teaching job, you know, I, part of my burnout with my teaching job was that I was taking on every little thing that I could, because I felt like that's what was expected of me. It's that whole, like what's expected of you thing. And when I walked away from that and I realized I don't have to say yes to anything. I, I mean, I can choose what I want to say yes and no to. It was like this weight was lifted off my shoulders. It's it immediately, I felt lighter. I felt this like relief. I felt like I could breathe again. And I, I didn't even realize how much that was affecting me until I was able to walk away from it and change my mentality around it. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I was raising my hand. That was exactly how I felt because I'm a people pleaser and an overachiever. And so (laughs) I said yes to everything, sponsored all the clubs, like collected all the data and analyzed all the data for everything. (laughs) And I honestly, that didn't change until probably three years ago. I was still doing that same thing, wanting to do everything and say yes to every opportunity. And once I really figured out, okay, what is important to me? What matters? And how can I say no to all the rest? Yeah. (laughs) And giving myself permission to say no, which was a, that is a habit you have to learn. Something most of us don't do very easily. Um, By the way, in Essentialism, he gives you several scripts to say no in a kind way. (laughs) Um, And so it, like check that book out. It's really awesome. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So I want to talk a little bit about the, your book club because I came across this and I was looking into it. I know you said you just started it this month. Yeah. I freaking love this idea because I'm a book nerd, especially when it comes to like business books. In fact, my um, New Year's resolution this year was to read one business book and one for fun book a month. Mm-hmm. And so I've read quite a few this year that I love and they're on my shelf. And so tell me kind of what started this and how it's working for you. And I know when this airs, it'll be the end of September, but if anyone wants to jump on to your next month's book club, I'd love for them. And I'll link to all that in the show notes as well. So kind of fill us in on how that got started. Yeah. So earlier this year, I was just talking about how I love to read. And a lot of people started asking me, do you read business books too? Because I read a lot of fiction books. Like I've read 
almost 80 books already this year. And read is loosely like I listen to a lot of them on audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> that still counts. Yeah. I counted as I've consumed almost 80 books. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Um, and so a lot of people started asking me, do you read business books? What business books would you recommend? Um, do you have any way of staying accountable? And I asked, do you want to have a book club that goes with the podcast? And overwhelmingly, like, I think it was 97% of the people said yes, that they would join the book club. Yeah. And so I just started picking books and this was actually supposed to start in August, but because of life, I had to push it back to September (laughs) because as we said before, I took all of August off. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's really fun. What I do is I read the book ahead of time. I create a reading guide for you. So it asks you more in-depth questions to help you analyze, okay, how can I take this information and apply it to my life and my business? And so it's, my reading guides are full of journal prompts for you to really dig deep and figure out, okay, this is a really cool concept, but what do I do with that? Yeah. How do I make sure I integrate it into what I'm doing on a daily basis? I love that. And I think... You know, I'm a, I love business books, but a lot of times I read the ones and they're, they're usually kind of general business books. They're not like specific to a certain genre. And so I'm looking, I'm reading them and I'm and my mind's spinning and I'm going, okay, how does this apply to my business and how can I make this fit what I'm doing now or what I plan to do in the future? And I know for some people that's kind of where they struggle with looking outside of their industry is yep. think, well, if it doesn't specifically talk about how to be a better photographer, how to run an online boutique or how to be a hairdresser that they don't see the value in it as much. So I love that you're kind of guiding them through how to apply what they're learning to what they do in their business, which is great. Yeah. I mean, there's no point in reading this book if you're not going to actually implement some of the stuff. And that's, yeah, that's one of my things is I focus on the implementation piece In all of my group programs, there is implementation time built in where we get together live and implement because I, I think it's just so important and it's something that we tend to as a society consume way too much and it just sits there in our brains and we don't do anything with it. And so the more that we can take that and actually integrate it and start using it, the better. And that's how we're going to end up growing. Um, and so, yeah. And with the book club, we're doing some business books, some self-help books, some I have a couple um, that are coming down probably next year that are a little more woo-woo, like spiritual books. Uh, But yeah, I just, I'm trying to help you guys learn to grow and really think critically about how can I learn from this book and apply that to my life and my business so that I end up having that dream life. Yeah. And I I think for anyone who's new to business, I think the book club idea or even just consuming content via podcasts and books and things like that is a really great resource because there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of courses. There's a lot of ebooks, there's a lot of workshops you can take, but they all can be pricey. And so if you're looking for a really low cost way to grow your business, the business side of your business or your the you know your mindset, your whatever it might be, I think books are a huge option for people when they don't always think about that. And I think too, we just don't know what books to read. You know, obviously the ones that are out there all the time, the girl wash your face, girl stop apologizing you know, I've mentioned your story brand is my absolute favorite market, you know, business book to date, but there's so many more out there that nobody really knows about because they're not being shared publicly on these huge platforms. And so being able to give somebody that gift of like, Hey, for 15 or you know, 12, $15, you can buy this book and have this a really amazing, basically a coach in a book. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that you get to keep with you at all times. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a great option for someone who doesn't have the funds to go big into like a mentor or a workshop or an online course kind of option. Absolutely. Absolutely. And while we're talking about how you're consuming content, uh-huh. um, I do recommend buying the physical book, like the hardcover pa- paperback book. So you can highlight it. So you can post it up. Um, we were talking before we hit record on how all of our books that are nonfiction have so many notes in them and in the margins. Um, her uh, building a brand story is our story brand. I always forget which order those words go in. <laughs> Whichever order it is, it's a great book. You guys need to get it. Yes, <laughs> um, I agree. She has a ton of post-its in hers. And these are books that we come back to all the time. And I actually read, I think it was Jenna Kutcher's email this morning. She talked about learning isn't a 
or when you're just starting out. Learning is an always activity. It is You always need to be growing. You always need to be learning more. And reading books is one of the great ways that you can do that. And really, really cheap. <laughs> and I read the same email because I read that same one today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I completely agree. And of course, we're both teachers. So I know that we value the education in that. But I, I think it's so important because I think that that's one way, you know, talking about burnout, that I, when I read these books, it energizes me. And it reminds me like, oh, I, I, this is why I love what I'm doing. I love being able to dive into my business and build something from the ground up. And so if you're starting to feel kind of that, like, oh, like th- that routine is getting to you and the same old, same old, and things aren't moving forward and go pick up a book, go get story brand or essentialism or whatever you think is going to inspire you. And just even reading a chapter a day, I think can really move you forward and reignite that spark that you had before. Yeah. Yeah. So all my clients that are like, how do you read so much, especially for these like nonfiction books, I recommend just put it in the bathroom. I know it sounds a little gross, but leave it in the bathroom because we all spend time in there every single day, pick it up, read a couple pages while you're sitting there. Yeah. Before you know it, you'll be done with that book. Um, I think it was Jensen Sincero, Sincero. I don't know how to say her last name. Yeah, I know her about that. Book, the blue cover one is like a daily read. Um, and I just leave that in by my coffee pot. And so while I'm making coffee, I'll pick it up and I'll read a page every day. That's smart. Yeah, I used to read every night. Well, I still do read at night before bed, but I have to, I learned that I have to make those the fiction books. Because yes. what I found was I was reading the business books before bed and then I would put it down and my mind would just race. And my mind already takes enough to shut down at night. I don't need it to be reamped up. Yep. And so I have to read those books during the day. And I will listen to some... A lot of times, actually, what I will do if I really want to make sure I can consume it and I'm too busy, I will buy the, the physical book. But then I also download the Audible version because that's when I get a lot of my information and I can consume it while I'm in the car or yep. while I'm at the gym. And so I'll listen to it. And then when I get home, I can just open the physical book, find the things that I remember him or her talking about, go highlight them, go mark them. But I didn't have to sit down for an hour and read a chapter. I did it while I was on the treadmill at the gym. Or I did it while I was driving to a photo shoot, you know, downtown or whatever. Um, so there's definitely ways, you know, to make it fit into your day. Cause I know a lot of the women listening to this are busy moms who are running a business and they're thinking, Oh, sure. Just tell me to go read three books a month. That sounds idealistic. You know? <laughs> but there are definitely ways you can make it fit into your schedule. You just have to find what works for you. Yeah. And always start small. So when I, I did not read 80 books a year, like even last year, I didn't read that many. Five years ago, I started with six books. Let's read one every other month this year. And yeah. so start really small with yourself, give yourself a lot of grace and just know that you're doing great and whatever you are able to get through is amazing. Yeah, I completely agree. I awesome. So, okay, my last question for you and I definitely I'm going to link to everything we've talked about as far as like your book club, your podcast, all those things in the show notes for people to go and follow you and listen to your podcast cuz it's amazing. If you like this podcast, you're going to love her podcast cuz we are very similar and She's got some really amazing guests on there. So go check it out. And um, yeah, so you can find all of her information in the show notes. My last question is, if you had a best friend who came to you and said, I'm starting a business, what would be your number one piece of advice you would give to her? I would say really get clear on what your goal is for owning your own business. A lot of people start their businesses because they just want more freedom. And that's great, but that's not specific enough. What does freedom look like to you? Really paint the picture, get super crystal clear on what that lifestyle looks like. What does an ideal day look like? And what kind of work and projects do you want to be working on? Because once you know that, you can really, really start building your brand and attracting the right kind of clients from the beginning. Oh, it's so good. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation and I feel like I could talk to you for hours. So we will definitely have to do this again in the future because I think that there's so much more we could talk about even when it comes to just the burnout and the business side of things. So thank you again for sharing. And I just, I'm, I'm excited about this topic. I'm excited for people to listen to this and just soak it all in and apply it to their business. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. Yay. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you soon.
A huge thank you again to Chelsea for being on the show this week and for such amazing advice. I think that everyone listening, hopefully you got some great tips, some great information from her. And again, go check out her Burnout Proof Your Biz podcast for even more incredible information. I just love getting to meet people like Chelsea. It's one of my favorite parts about this show and getting to do the show is that these are women that I would normally never have a chance to meet. And just through this platform, getting to meet incredible people like her and share their story and share their advice with y'all. And now you get to experience their podcast and their websites and their content, all the different things. It's just one of my most favorite parts about getting to do this. So I hope you're enjoying these interview episodes. I know they're running a little bit long. I'm trying to keep the other episodes shorter so that you can take those in a little bit quicker. But these interviews just become so interesting. And I just want to talk to people all day long. So I apologize for it running a little bit longer today, but I hopefully it was well worth it. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in again this week. Head over to the show notes. Make sure that you check out Chelsea's links and don't forget to go check out the business box. I think you're really going to enjoy your first month free. You're going to have tons of information and head over to the Facebook group and make sure that you join so that we can chat over there. All right, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful week. I will see you back here again next week. Same time, same place. If you loved today's episode, don't forget to click the subscribe button so you never miss when a new episode goes live. Then head over to iTunes and leave a quick review to let other people know just how much you loved it. Thanks, ladies. See you next week.